Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Death no longer has a sting. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Our eternal life began the day we got saved. That's when it started. So goodness and mercy is going to follow me all of my days here on earth. And, and, (laughs) I'm going to dwell with the Lord in heaven forever. F.B. Meyer. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. The day we're saved is the day we can know that an eternity with God awaits us. The power in this is the understanding that no matter how bad things may be here, the eternal future holds for us absolute exuberance. Pastor J.D. encourages us to grasp the greatness of the eternal life that awaits us and to allow it to inspire us right here, right now. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 23 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. He's the shepherd of shepherds. How many times did his shepherd direct him, prod him, protect him, redirect him? When he got off the path. Remember now. This was. The sweet psalmist of Israel. This was. A man after God's own heart. But he was also a murderer. He was an adulterer. Two crimes. Two sins. That at that time. Were punishable by death. Death. I don't want to get ahead of myself again, but um, it should come as no surprise that he would say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. He was on the receiving end of God's mercy. It's been said of mercy that it's God not paying you as your sins deserve. And grace on the other side of that is when God gives you what you don't deserve. And I, there's this beautiful uh, marriage, for lack of a better word, of between grace and mercy. Grace and mercy. I need them both. (laughs) I need them both. Number eight. My shepherd loves me so much. That he will discipline me whenever I wander away into dangerous and deadly places. I'm I'm thinking of the writer of Hebrews that says, don't despise it. Don't resent it when God disciplines you. He disciplines those whom he loves. I was having this conversation with my daughter in our devotionals and she was talking about, you know, I... I just feel like that, um, you know, maybe God is disciplining me. And I tried to put it into perspective and, you know, tell her that, you know, sometimes God will give us a spiritual spanking. 
To which she responded, it was so cute. She said, Baba, I think God's spanking me. <laughs> I said, you know, that's a good thing. Because you know what that means? That means that you're his child. Because, listen, as parents, we're not going to spank somebody else's child, right? I mean, you're, you're sitting in a restaurant, and here's these unruly kids, and they're running all over the restaurant, and, and, and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, when those parents do something? I'm going to get over there and <laughs> don't do it. But could you imagine if you were to get up and go over there and spank somebody else's? You can't do that. Why? They're not your kids. You can spank your kids. You can't spank somebody else's kids. This, this is the way that we know that we're his children. Because he disciplines us. He spanks us if you prefer. That's how we know. I wish there was another way to know. <laughs> I wish there was a different way to have that assurance that yes, I'm, I'm his child. But no, the assurance is that he disciplines those whom he loves. Number nine, this is a very interesting one. And if you're here tonight or you're watching this online and you've just got adversity at every turn, everyone it seems and everything is against you and there's nothing but turmoil and chaos, listen to this. My shepherd will prepare a table in the midst of my enemies. So I'm able to feast and be nourished sufficiently and peacefully. Let me um, quote Spurgeon on this because he explains it best this way. Listen to this. When a soldier is in the presence of his enemies, if he eats at all, he snatches a hasty meal and away he hastens to the fight. But observe, thou preparest a table, just as a servant does when she unfolds the damask cloth. The damask cloth was a, uh, uh, a woven fabric with uh, designs on both the uh, top and the bottom was used to beautifully adorn a table. Just as the servant does when she unfolds the damask cloth and displays the ornaments of the feast on an ordinary peaceful occasion. Nothing is hurried. There is no confusion. No disturbance. The enemy is at the door and yet God prepares a table and the Christian sits down and eats as if everything were in perfect peace. Yeah. Yeah, but the enemies are all around me. Everything is against me. Yeah, but the Lord is my shepherd and he's going to prepare a table and just like he makes me to lie down, he will also make me to sit down and eat. You have to understand something in the Middle Eastern culture. We, we totally, in this Western culture, have, I, it's sad 
actually. <laughs> because we don't have any idea of the cultural dynamics of eating together. Now the local culture here in Hawaii, I think, comes close. But you have to understand, and by the way, this uh, comports with the communion table, where you would sit down and break bread with somebody. You know, in the Arab culture with my people in the Middle East to this day, if you are in the home of an Arab and they invite you over to break bread with them and you eat at their table with them, they are loyal to you unto death because you have eaten with them. By the way, uh, remember uh, back in, way back now, in 1993 when Yasser Arafat and Yitzhak Rabin were on the White House lawn signing the Oslo Peace Accord with then uh, President Bill Clinton. And they shook hands. And I, I've seen documentaries and read articles about how uh, it was a very awkward handshake and Clinton had to really, uh, you know, uh, push them into just even shaking hands. But you have to understand something. It meant absolutely nothing. You know how they make an, an agreement and seal a deal in the Middle East? They eat. They eat together. No shaking hands. No. They break bread together. And the agreement is signed by eating together. They would never do that. You'll never see the Arab sit down and eat with the Jew because of what it means. See, there's an, an intimacy. You know in the uh, Proverbs where it says that it's better? I don't, this was, <laughs> maybe I should have brought this up on Sunday when we were talking about husbands loving their wives. But you know how it says that it's better to eat a crust and crumbs of bread uh, on your rooftop than it is to eat? <laughs> Just bear with me here. We'll, we'll get through this. Uh, than it is to eat steak in uh, a home <laughs> with a nagging woman. <laughs> Why are you laughing like that? <laughs> because I am? Okay. We have to understand that when you eat together, there is, is a bond and an intimacy that is formed in the act of eating together. And so... You can't have conflict when you're breaking bread together because the whole point of eating together is to form this bond and this intimacy. You know, in the, I'll never forget as a, a little boy growing up and um, there, there would be an Arab wedding. Boy, you've not, for, forget Greek weddings. I'm telling you, man, you've, <laughs> you, have not, <laughs> you have not lived until you've seen an Arab wedding, okay? Unbelievable, man. I mean, it, it's, I mean, food, you can't, they spend months in preparation for the food. And they have this dish that is a, and I'm not exaggerating when I say it, it is a mound of rice that would probably be um, on the table about as high, if not higher than this pulpit and wide as this, depending on how many guests were at the uh, wedding. And I'll never forget, I'm scarred. I was really quite traumatized by this, so I just want you to know. So the men 
would take their hands and they would shove it into this mound of rice. They would take out a handful and they would go like this and they would eat it. Are you kidding me? Same hands in the same rice and they're double dipping, (laughs) if you will. And and the same is true with the, uh, I'm, make, I'm getting hungry. I know we have food afterwards. Well, we're getting there. But with the hummus and the baba ganoush, and they, they take the uh, pita bread, the unleavened bread, and they'll dip it in the, the hummus. And they, they, they dip, they'll take the bread, they break it, they, they give it to the, their brother, uh, and they both uh, dip and double dip into the same uh, hummus with the olive oil oh, and the garlic. And um, anyway, I digress. And in the cup, I, w- I would watch my uncle and my dad take this cup and they would, they would pour, you know, usually it was ouzo, <laughs> uh, and they would pour it in the cup and they would pass it around. They would all drink from the same cup. The idea was, uh, that rice that is in you is in me. That bread, that hummus, that drink that is in you is in me. This is a common union, communion. And so when Jesus is there celebrating the Passover in what we affectionately refer to as the Last Supper, they were drinking from the same cup. They were eating from the same bread. Because the idea was that bread that's in you is in me. That drink that is in you is in me. We are one. It it doesn't matter. That's the bond. That was the intimacy of it. The union from it. And so here we have this marvelous description of sitting down. Oh, by the way, uh, when we have the wedding feast of the Lamb, when we're sitting there at the wedding supper, we're, I hope you know this, there is food in heaven, okay? And no cholesterol, no calories, no fat, no nothing. <laughs> this is going to be the food that we eat for all eternity. And... The idea here is that you can eat in peace because the Lord is your shepherd. And though the enemies surround you, you have nothing to fear. Well, we might only get through Psalm 23 tonight. So number 10, the Lord as my shepherd will give me victory over the enemy and anoint my head with oil to overflowing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, the typology here of the anointing with oil is the filling with the Holy Spirit, the baptism with the Holy Spirit that comes upon us as we talked about in Ephesians when Paul is talking about uh, being filled with the Spirit. Spirit-filled, to overflowing, so that your lives become as torrents, powerful torrents 
of living water. You know, um, I was um, today when I was spending some time in prayer, I, I get, sometimes I get uh, aggressive, uh, maybe that's not the right word, uh, in uh, my prayer life in the sense that I will out loud, okay, I, because Satan cannot read our minds, but the demons can hear what we say, which I don't want to get weird here, but uh, it kind of makes you think twice about uh, some of the things that you, you know, say. Now, particularly when you pray, um, I will pray this way, and I found myself praying this today specifically. I, I prayed out loud, thank you, Lord, that Satan is a defeated foe. Thank you, Jesus. And I like to say the name of Jesus out loud, sometimes loud, like I am right now. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Thank you, Jesus, that I am not just a conqueror. I am more than a conqueror. And in anticipation of the 23rd Psalm tonight, I said, thank you, Jesus, that grace, that goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You know what I was doing was I was uh, in, a, in a way saying, <laughs> take that, devil. You're a liar. You come to steal, kill, and destroy. You get out of here. You're a defeated foe. Goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of my life because the Lord is my shepherd. Okay, I feel better now. I'm sorry I spit on you. God bless you. You got a free baptism tonight, Dave, so you're welcome for that. Number 11, my favorite. I Listen, goodness and mercy not only follows me all the days of my life here and now, but I will dwell with the Lord in heaven in eternal life forever. Wow. It, have you ever heard it said like this, that when we got saved, our eternal life began at that moment? It started at the our eternal life started at the time that we got saved. That's when our because death no longer has a sting. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Our eternal life began the day we got saved. That's when it started. So, goodness and mercy is going to follow me all of my days here on earth. And, and, <laughs> I'm going to dwell with the Lord in heaven forever. F.B. Meyer. And I think we're going to end it here. I don't want to rush through Psalm 24. Although, uh, I'll give you just a, a snapshot because uh, actually Psalm 22, 23, and 24 go together in a most fascinating way. But let me just uh, share what F.B. Meyer wrote of this. He says, we are well escorted with a shepherd in front and these twin angels behind. You know what he's referring to as the twin angels? Goodness and mercy. I like that. The twin angels of goodness 
and mercy are following behind. So let me just um, mention a, a couple things uh, to uh, look forward to, Lord willing, next week. We'll pick it up in Psalm 24. That's ah, all right, right? You're not complaining that we spent the whole Bible study on the 23rd Psalm, right? What a rich Psalm, man, I'll tell you. So here's the thing. Remember last week, Psalm 22 is all about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ and how there was this, I mean, graphic detail in a way about the suffering on the cross, even the quoting by the Savior of Psalm 22 while on the cross. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And then he makes this seemingly strange comment about, I am a worm and no man. And the worm he's referring to is what's known as a scarlet worm that affixes itself to a tree and dies, creating this scarlet red dye that actually stains the tree. And then for three days, while this worm in dying is giving birth, the newly birthed worms feed on that worm and that scarlet turns to a wax that is white as snow. Three days, right? We talked about the, the comparison, the, the type and how it points to the finished work on the cross. Well, that's Psalm 22. It's the crucifixion. Psalm 23 is, so we have Psalm 22, Jesus dying for us. Psalm 23, Jesus the shepherd of us. And Psalm 24 is Jesus coming back for us. You know, it's, it's things like this that, you know, just are a reminder of how no man could have come up with that. This is just a reminder that this, this is the word of God, man. A thousand years before crucifixion had even been invented. And we have a psalm written by David that graphically describes a crucifixion 1,000 years prior. And then Psalm 23 passed, Psalm 24 present, and Psalm Pardon me, Psalm 22 past, Psalm 23 present, Psalm 24 future. And that's what the next Psalm is about. Spoiler alert. <laughs> you want to just stand and we'll pray. <laughs> oh, I love the Psalms. Oh my goodness, I love the Psalms. Thanks for taking the time to listen today to In Spirit and Truth. Pastor J.D. has been taking us through the book of Psalms, detailing the author's messages of hope and pain, joy and sorrow. You may have found today that you identified with the sentiments expressed in today's passage. And if that's the case, we encourage you to explore more. Dive into the Word yourself and ask God to reveal additional love and personal truth that He knows you need to hear today. If you'd like to hear more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings in Psalms 2, you can find them online at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. Are you a part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to urge you to remedy that soon. 
A church family can be a source of support, a cheering squad, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can give of your unique talents in support of others as well. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. There's a lot to discover at our website, including a link to our mobile app, social media pages, and Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Updates. That website, one more time, is inspiritandtruthradio.com. That's all we have for today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of Psalms, right here on In Spirit and Truth. <music> 